Welcome to the Empowering Real Talk podcast. It's your host, Keisha, aka Coach K Woods, founder of Upgraded Mindsets, whose mission is to inspire and empower unapologetic self confidence through conversation, insight, and value. Some of these conversations may be uncomfortable, but in order for us to grow individually and as a whole, these conversations are necessary. Be sure you are favoring on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Subscribe to the Empowering Real Talk YouTube channel and let's get started. What up, y'all? It's your girl, Coach K. Woods, coming back with another dope session. Welcome to Empowering Real Talk. If you have not, y'all know the drill. Please go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Subscribe on the YouTube channel if you are seeing our faces. But if you are listening to the podcast, make sure you favorite it and also rate and review it for me. Um, I definitely welcome and love you guys' feedback, um, and I definitely appreciate it. So thank you so much for the support. Um, as y'all know, I am here to bring some uncomfortable conversations, um, but in order for us to grow, these conversations are necessary. So as y'all can see, I have a guest with me today, and I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello. Hey, Keisha. Uh, thanks for having me. Just to uh, introduce myself for everyone who's listening in, I'm Brian Sachetta, author and owner of Get Out of Your Head, which is both a brand, uh, excuse me, a, uh, it is both a book series and a brand dedicated to helping folks overcome anxiety and depression. Nice, nice. I love it. Um, me and you kind of vibed a couple of weeks ago and had some conversation and I couldn't wait to get you on the podcast because for one, I love the name of your brand. Um, get out of your head like that is something that I tell myself literally on the daily. So um, just to have someone that kind of can relate to that because I kind of like your approach to um, it. As everyone knows, my listeners know, I am completely unapologetic in my words, how I speak, um, because they know that it comes from love and real life, genuine support. But um, you kind of got that no bullshit approach, too. And I kind of like that. So <laughs> tell yeah. us a little bit of backstory about you, Brian. Tell us what um, what you do and kind of what, what got you where you are today. Definitely. I think there's a million things that I could touch on, especially based on uh, some of the things that you were saying to talk, talk about the backstory a little bit, right? It's like, I like to say to folks that are listening in folks that, you know, whether it's in a blog post or a book or something, somebody that finds my content, like I'm just a dude, right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm, I'm not a practitioner. Um, I'm just somebody who has been in the battle before, right? I've, I've dealt with anxiety and depression pretty much my entire life or, you know, a good chunk of it. Um, and I always say that like leading up to my first book, which is centered around anxiety specifically, it was sort of 10 years of really getting in the weeds of that and trying to figure it out, right? Working with different professionals, reading different books, reading different journal articles and trying to see what worked for me and also what didn't. And I think a lot of us are on that journey, right? Where it's like, we deal with these things and we have to move forward in some capacity. So like, how do we do that? I think it's just a sort of a process of, of experimentation, trying things out and, and seeing what works. Um, so, you know, in, in one way, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of just like my listeners and readers. And, and uh, in some way, it's kind of like, well, well, then why did you write the books or whatever, right? Um, the reason why I felt compelled to write the books was just the fact that Number one, I actually made some progress with both conditions, both anxiety and depression. And also I started talking to a lot of people about some of my own insights that I had derived and some of the strategies that I had written down and whatnot. I guess everybody feels called 
to something different in their life, right? It's like, uh, maybe somebody's like, hey, I want to go do public service. I want to be an accountant, whatever it is. And I'm actually a software developer uh, full time until the writing uh, picks up a little bit more. Um, yeah, I actually was going to talk about that too because I was like, yeah, yeah we go for we didn't forget about the nine to five, but I, but I love that. Go ahead, I mean, to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, I think mostly it's just like I felt, you know, it, this was such an important thing to me. It, you know, the mental health battle in general, the 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 concept, the subject of it, uh, it really tugs at my soul. You know, wanting to help other people with it, just like. I know how, and uh, this isn't one of those like suffering Olympics kind of things where I'm coming right. on here and I'm saying, Hey, look at all that I've been through. Cause it like people have been through far right. worse than yeah, what absolutely. I have. Um, but at the same time, I know that some of the stuff that I've been through is difficult. Right. And that connects me to the mission a lot more where it's like, right. because I have all those painful reference points, I am motivated to help other people. I know what those people are going through on some level, right? Maybe not the specific details. Right. Um, right. That's what drives me to do the work that I do. Oh my God. And I love it because like, I feel like, um, and I actually was talking about this on another podcast, um, you know, not taking away from the clinical side of things, right. Not taking away from those that have went to the schooling to, you know, do what it is that they do. And I'm not taking away from that, but sometimes I be feeling like that the real life experiences is what benefits more sometimes, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I definitely am not a therapist as well. You know, I'm a coach, I'm a podcast, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and one thing about it is I'm going to make sure that you have the clinical help that is necessary should you need that. Um, I'm going to refer that. But, you know, you made a good point by saying, you know, we had to figure it out um, and not claiming the victim mentality. But, you know, let me just say, don't dim down what you've gone through um, you know, because, you know, you've gone through, you know, um, I, I tell that kind of to my clients too, like, you know, I know that we, you know, someone has always gone through worse than us, but it doesn't take away from what we've gone through. But, you know, just the fact that you have found methods to continue to go through, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, yeah, most definitely. that's what's dope to me. Um, you know, you have applied methods your way. That's what, you know, makes it unapologetic to me. Cause you're like, Hey, this is what works for me. You know, and I'm going to bring the awareness out that this is what works for me in the hopes that is something that could work for somebody else. You know, so um, I think that that's dope. That's what you do. So tell us a little bit about your nine to five. Like, tell us about the daytime. Yeah. So as I alluded to, I'm a software developer. I work for a company here. Uh, I'm in Boston. I work for a company in Cambridge, which is just across the river. Um, I write mobile applications on the iPhone. Uh, it, honestly, you know, I, well, when I talk about it on some po podcasts, you know, and especially with the writing, like people will say, you know, why as a software developer, did you get into this stuff? What does that have anything to do with mental health or whatever? I would say on the surface, it, it doesn't. Right. Um, but, you know, you go a little bit deeper and you start to see some of the parallels. I think that one thing that I talk about a decent amount is the fact that like work and things that are healthfully distracting can be beneficial therapeutic for us. Right. So it's like in my own life, I know that if somebody, you know, if I'm at work and, you know, for example, we were building this brand new uh, mobile app this summer. And I think everybody who deals with anxiety, depression, whatever, right. It's like, you have these periods where it's, yeah. it affects you a little bit more than others. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know, I was going through like, not a crazy stressful period, like right. outside of the, you know, building this app, but I was still dealing with some stress. And I felt as though, and this is something that I come back to like time and time again, I, I felt as though like returning to the application, like the building this software that we were building and being able to like 
sort of have the vision and have this activity that I could go to this therapeutic outlet, right? Where it was like, okay, something else is going on in my world. I'm going to go into our project management software. I'm going to pick off a task. I'm going to focus on that task. And I'm, it's, I'm kind of going to get immersed in it, uh, right. get lost in it in a way, in a, in a good sense where mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to forget about those things that are stressing me out for a minute because you know, all I got right now is, or, or all I have is, is right now, right. The, the present moment in front of me. And, um, it, it, you know, people talk about flow states, right? Where it's like, I find that when I'm writing software, uh, something that I care about, right? It's like, if you're writing this low level stuff that you're like, nobody's ever going to see this code or whatever, that can be kind of frustrating. But when you're building something that you care about and your attention and your focus is there, uh, it's easy to get into a flow state, at least for somebody who actually likes Absolutely. writing software. That's true. Um, yeah. And that's, that just goes for anybody in general. If you're doing something that you love, like I love having conversations with women. Um, you know, I love being able to, um, you know, to bring up something that is along the lines of growth. So like, if I get in those type of conversations, I'll be completely distracted on everything else. Um, you know, I'll be in a straight zone and they'd be like, Oh, wasn't you supposed to, Oh yeah, show us like, you know, it's one of those moments, but, um, you know, I really didn't even realize that I suffered with anxiety until the pandemic. Um, at my previous job, we were told that we had to wear masks, you know, it was towards the beginning of everything. And I literally flipped my shit. Um, and there I'm like, and looking back, I'm like, damn, something so small, straight sent me ready to snap out, you know? Um, and, but it was from years of suppressing those feelings because I had those feelings before. Right. But because I depicted this type of way stigma that I had to be, I wouldn't let it out. So because I was on a transformational journey at that time, it came out, you know? Um, so, you know, just having a comfort space, a comfort spot, um, you definitely can tell you love what you do, you know? Um, but I think your personal side is what makes it even more dope because you were able to put it to the side and actually real life go into depth about that. A lot of us can't do that. You know, yeah, a lot of us can do it. I appreciate that. I mean, it's um, I think it just kind of beckons back to uh, or harkens back to, you know, the fact that I, I, I have this passion, this mission to help people. Right. It's mm-hmm. like to be able to connect with them and say, like, hey, I'm not saying that I know exactly what you're going through. Right. It's maybe not one to one, but I've experienced those feelings before. Um, and on that level, I think we can build a, a rapport and then we can build a connection from there. And then it's like, OK, let me figure out if if what I have learned in the past um, and some of my teachings can help you. And that is something that because you start to see yourself in other people. Right. You do. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, if I if if I can help this person, I can help me. And also it, it would just feel good to help that person, yeah. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know that we um, had a couple of conversation about it, too. Um, and like I said, I haven't. Um, I did suffer from a little bit of depression for a little bit of time. Um, but again, it was something that I really didn't realize, man, I've suppressed a lot of shit. Like it's just crazy how I sit here and I talk about it now so openly and freely, but before you could not get me to talk about anything that was emotional, anything that was labeling me as vulnerable um, and, and all of that. But um, I dealt with that time because I dealt with the death of my sister um, the death of, you know, my youngest best friend getting shot and killed. Um, you know, there were just so many things, cancer survivor, just dealing with things, but suppressing those things. And, um, you know, 
not realizing what depression was, um, just not even realizing just like, oh, I'm just supposed to go on because I'm just supposed to be this strong woman doing everything and handling everything. Um, I feel your passion when it comes to wanting to help other people in your way. Um, I, I feel your passion with that because everybody is different. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's needs are different. Values are different. Desires are different. And you never know what one thing that you say or or offer with advice could save somebody's life. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really could. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, sound I, I don't necessarily always put it that way because like I don't want to sound like I'm stroking my own ego. Hey, um, but we do. We right? do. <laughs> But it's like at the same just time because of our passion, right? Just because of our purpose, not being mean in stroking, but being passionate and purposeful, um, yes. you know, and it's big, you know, that's big. I don't want anyone to dim their purpose. Um, I'm not dimming my purpose. I literally did a podcast a while back um, talking about being humble. I'm not humble, um, you know, because I actually looked up what the word humble meant in the dictionary and it means low grade. It means bare minimum. I'm not that, um, you know, so I don't use that word anymore, but your purpose is what can make you pump and talk about it because you speak from a genuine place. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things, I, I guess every word has different contexts for every, each person, right? I kind of mm-hmm. look at it as like, I can still know that the work that I'm doing has purpose and absolutely. meaning and could be really helping other people at the same time. Like, uh, I'm not shouting it from the rooftops if if that's what is happening. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know, but yeah, I, I appreciate you also, you know, mentioning some of the things that you've been through, and I'm sorry that you had to go through all those things. Oh, thank um, you. That, I that that stuff is so it's so difficult, right? And it's mm-hmm. like I think in general we all have our own coping ne- mechanisms, we all have our own defense mechanisms. Absolutely. And one of the things, right, is like if we see ourselves as these strong, resilient people, and I'm not saying we're not, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like. Life can throw a lot of crap your way. Talk about it. You know, and it's like, (laughs) hey, if I see myself as this rock, you know, we got all these external events that are coming in and hitting the rock and trying to break it up, trying to, um, you know, crack it. And unfortunately, like it's not uh, I don't think it's anything to be shameful about. It's like sometimes life just throws that stuff your way. And and, it will. Sure will. And it's like sometimes there's nothing we can do about that. But um, but really try our best to like, and I don't mean this in a sense of like, forget mm-hmm. about what happened and just go on. But I mean, like, literally just, you know, one thing at a time, brush your teeth, get out of bed, like, just kind of live. Uh, I think it's Dale, Dale Carnegie talks about living in day type compartments where he's like, you know, and, and this relates a lot to like, get out of your head and anxiety mm-hmm. and all that stuff where it's like, we're off in the future thinking about what's going to happen in a year, what's going to happen in a month, like, am I going to get through the next week? Cause I feel so awful right now. Yeah. And he's kind of like, and, and a lot of people, you know, different names for this sort of concept uh, across the industry, but it's like living in that day type compartment or even, you know, hourly compartment. It's like, okay, what do I have to do next? Like focus on um, whatever time is in front of us rather than getting a little bit uh, overwhelmed by zooming out and seeing the full calendar or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of projecting our fears far off into the future. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I I, I use that. Um, the word that I use to keep me um, on, you know, routine as much as possible is intentional. 
um, just being intentional and knowing that there are things that I want to do that I should be doing that I have to do, um, you know, just staying intentional in my day. You know, I'm always mindful and I stay in the now um, aware of the future, but I stay in the now. I am always grounding myself. Right. Um, but I'm always intentional in making sure that I am achieving what I what it is that I'm supposed to achieve, you know, because I have goals, you know, and I want to make sure that I achieve them. You know, I don't beat myself up if I don't hit something, you know, and that's something that I struggled with, you know, um, if I didn't hit a certain goal at a certain time, oh Lord, it's about to be hell. I'm I'm fussing and cussing, you know, but I don't do that anymore. I'm like, you know what? It's gonna get done though, because my intention is still there. Um, so I think as long as I keep my intention, I think I'll be good. I, 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 you don't get me wrong. I have my routine and I try to stay as disciplined as possible. But like you said, you know, hey, it could be one of them days where, hey, you took a, took this to get out of bed. All right. Now let's do this to get our teeth brushed. All right. Now let's go back and sit down for a second. Like, hey, I, I embrace those days as well. So for sure. Yeah. And you really like you do. You have to do what you have to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that as you get older, I mean, I'm I'm a my young thirties, it's like, I don't consider myself, uh, to know all that much or, uh, know a lot. Um, but like, the, I feel as though I, I know about the subjects that I talk about. Right. And I think as you get older, like, you know, you have these different beliefs about how the world works or how, you know, we should approach different situations and those situations that come upon us, right. If, if we're that rock and things are hitting us, it's like, eventually if, uh, how we believed we should approach things doesn't line up with, like it doesn't become an effective strategy for like getting by in the world or isn't sort of like meeting those outside events, then eventually we, we may feel as though we need to change our strategy. And so when you said, uh, you know, I used to beat myself up or whatever it is, and now I just remember to stay intentional. I see that as one of those examples where um, it does feel right. But when I think when you're younger and you're, you have a little more like fire in your belly or something like that, you're like, <laughs> no, no, no. If I don't run a five minute mile, I don't get all A's, whatever, yes. like I'm just going to, I, I criticize myself for the next month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's like, eventually you get to the point where you're like, it just, I, I don't know if it works. Like maybe, maybe it does occasionally or something like that. But then eventually you're like, well, subconsciously I'm telling myself that like, uh, you know, if I fail or whatever, I'm, I'm just going to be met with more pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and so all of a sudden you start like, sort of like almost in a, what's it called self-fulfilling prophecy sort of thing, or at least it's, it's the same sort of concept with anxiety, right? Where it's like, we are afraid that something is going to happen. So rather than forgetting about that thing, we stare straight at it and we run towards it. So it's like, it's almost as if like we're sending this message to our brains of like, here's this really important thing. Think about it. Think about it. Oh goodness. It's here. Right. Yeah. And then eventually we're like, Hey, maybe that doesn't work so well. So we should try something else. <laughs> Ooh, talk about it, Brian. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, give us a little bit um, tip on as far as like what made you decide to come up with the name and like your branding with regards to that. Because like I said, I went to the website and I just loved how, you know, I love the, the wording of that. So kind of tell them a little bit about the wording and what prompted it. Thanks. Yeah. The, so the, like the brand itself, right. The, just the, the word mark of get out of your head at the way that I sort of approached this thing was like, you know, stepping all the way back. And I said, I have these strategies that I want to help people with. They are not met like medical or medicinal, mm -hmm. right? They, they don't revolve around medication. They don't revolve around being at the doctor's office. I, I have like, just because of that fact, I have no problem with any of those things. Right, right, I, you right. know, my philosophy is like, let's do whatever we can um, to accelerate our healing journeys. I am just not qualified 
to talk about those things, right? I don't have those degrees, so I can't, <clears throat> excuse me. So I was sort of like, what approach can I put forth that will be, you know, I'm not saying that everybody in the world will accept it. You know, I still get reviews on my books and they're like, this guy is a nobody, like why listen to him, right? But at the same time, I think to put forth a strategy that says like, hey, you know, go for a meditation, you know, go meditate for five to 10 minutes or whatever it is, or like repeat a mantra to yourself. Those are not things that you need to be a doctor to talk about, right? Um, so so get out of your head. I was sort of like, okay, there's... in. In, in so many ways, there are there are two paths into anxiety, right? And so this was from the perspective of writing my first book, which centers around that subject. It's like the first one is sort of, we, uh, you know, our innate survival mechanisms, our fight or flight systems. Uh, so that's like, you know, how, how, how our brain and body um, react to stress. So that might be like our heart races really quickly, uh, different neurotransmitters and stress hormones cascade through our bloodstreams and stuff like that. That like when we, um, so it's like if a stimulus comes in front of us or, or we think that a stimulus might come in front of us in a month or something like that. Right. We're afraid that, uh, we'll be out on the street and somebody will approach us with a knife or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that activates sort of like we, we have these innate responses in us, right. That fight or flight system that will activate when those stimuluses come into play. And so it's like, if we are looking at things from a, um, you know, a medicinal or medical perspective, it's like, if we were to medicate in a certain fashion that there's like, I guess in a lot of ways, and, and it does, it definitely does have its uh, effects on the other path into anxiety, which is basically how we think, right? You know, our thoughts, the things that we keep uh, perpetuating in our minds. But, uh, you know, you take medication, it's like, number one, it might change your neurochemistry, which will then maybe, you know, you get into, uh, you get into an anxious situation, and all of a sudden, like your heart is not racing the same way that it used to, the, the stress hormones are not cascading through your blood like they used to. Um, even though I know about that stuff, and it's interesting, and I can talk about it, um, I can't prescribe, I can't diagnose, right? So I'm not, I, I, it just didn't make sense for me to be, you know, to center my brand around any of those things. Mm -hmm. So if we get into the the second path into anxiety and these things, they, they definitely, there's a good amount of overlap there, right? Where it's like, um, so, so just to, you know, be a little more clear and restate them. So there's sort of the, the fight or flight mechanisms, which we'll call path one. And that's, you know, activated by some sort of stimulus in our environment, environment or something like that. Path two is our thinking, right? So it's like, and why I say there's overlap is we could either, um, you know, think about being in front of a bear tomorrow, or we could actually be in front of that bear. Um, and both of those things will have an effect on our physiology. Um, but the thinking itself, like even it's sort of like if we never get in front of that bear, we never get in front of, um, you know, some scary situation. If that's never in our, our purview, uh, then even if, even if it doesn't come into play, we can still make ourselves feel as though we're in that situation. Yeah. Um, so uh, being long winded here, and I'm going to try to cut it shorter, but no, no, um, you're fine. Go ahead. Rock out. Rock yeah. Out. So with the, uh, with the get out of your head, like the approach there, right. Is like, because I can't really talk about the medicinal and the medical, um, I want to talk about like, Hey, how do your thoughts affect your life? How do they alter your experience of anxiety? Most, most of the time, you know, uh, they, they heighten it. Obviously we can think different thoughts and we can bring right. down our experience of anxiety. But for the most part, it's like, if somebody is coming to me and being like, Hey, like, how do my thoughts have an effect on my experience? It's like, well, <laughs> we're probably jumping into this conversation and thinking in the negative to begin with. And then we'll figure out, you know, what positive strategies we can use to alleviate that moving forward. So the get out of your head piece, right. Is like, um, I guess in so many words, it's sort of, you know, I think as, as professionals in the world and smart people and creative people and whatnot, we have learned over time that using our rational capacities gets us ahead in certain aspects of our lives, right? So it's like, if I'm an accountant, if I am a, a, 
a lawyer or something like that. I have to use my critical thinking skills to uh, complete assignments, to advance in my career and whatnot, right? And a lot of the times we take that same sort of critical thinking and apply it to our anxiety. So we say like, hey, if I can just think through my fear and I can sort of, you know, wiggle my way out of it, think about all the ways that I can go to this situation that scares me and convince myself that I'm not going to be scared, then I won't be. And if you listen to a lot of people in the, you know, in the self-help space in general, I would say probably folks who don't necessarily um, specialize in mental health, a lot of them will say like, hey, visualize yourself in that, you know, on stage, mm-hmm. giving that speech, you're not nervous. And I'm like, yeah. no, no offense, no offense <laughs> to these people. But if that's what you think, then you have not dealt with anxiety. Hey, sorry, and that's what's that, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so getting back to the question that you asked of like, why get out of your head is because of that phenomenon is basically saying you can't think through your fear. You can't think through anxiety. There's no path through which you're like, I feel terrible right now. I'm going to think my way out of it. Yeah. What you really need to do is as the brand says, right, get out of your head, use some distraction, distracting, excuse me, distraction based methodology, use a mantra, go for a walk, go for a run, whatever it may be. You got to drop those thoughts. Um, and I know it, the tough thing is it's, it's so much easier said than done. Like I, I, write, I, I write about this stuff. I have two books about this stuff. I have tons of blogs about this stuff. And then an hour will go by, you know, in the middle of the week. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I just went against all of my teachings for the last <laughs> hours. I've been ruminating over this. That's thing. called being human. Yeah, That's called being so, human. exactly. Yeah. So, and I, and I, I, I get the whole gist of that because that, you know, me reading it and just hearing more and learning more from you, um, that's exactly what you're telling yourself, you know, and that's exactly what you're telling, you know, your readers and everybody that's listening today is yes, I can talk about my personal experiences. I can give you the methods that I use for my personal experiences. But at the end of the day, I'm still freaking human period. Yep. Good way of putting it. Yep. I, I love it. So like, I, I appreciate you for just, you know, being so descriptive and in depth because this is what people need to hear because I can guarantee you somebody's definitely going to be like, man, I have related to everything Brian was saying on that podcast, you know? So um, it's somebody out there that's definitely going to get value. Um, so I definitely appreciate you, um, you know, bringing it today, bringing your value, bringing your resource, um, let them know where they can find the book. Um, I've got the website scrolling at the bottom of the head, but uh, the awesome. page rather, um, but let them know, like, you know, what you got upcoming, any upcoming events and anything like that you got going on? Yeah, right now. So a um, couple questions there, right? So where to find the books, I would say go to getoutofyourhead.com. Uh, no dashes, no spaces in that URL. You'll you'll find links to both books there. It'll it'll probably be easier that you know it's sometimes when you go on Amazon, there's there's other books um, with, mm-hmm. with the same name and stuff like that. It just gets confusing. Um, go to getoutofyourhead.com if you want to find the books. And then um, in terms of what is coming up, I, so I've been working I mean, this is funny because like I'm trying not to cannibalize my sales, but at the same time, like I always want to add more value to people. Right. Right. And so um, I, I wrote the first book in 2017, you know, and then edited it for a little while, whatever, uh, put it out four years ago. And I am I, I just feel as though over the last four or five years uh, at, in terms of my craft as a writer, I've gotten better. And so I'm working on a revised edition of the first nice. book. Um, that is not like all the stories will be the same. All the content will be the same. It's just cleaning it up a little hey, bit. So, tweet, 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 tweet. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and that's just trying to reach more people, trying to help more people. Uh, again, doesn't take anything away from the edition that is out right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say within the next month or two, that revised edition will be out. 
Uh, the second book is uh, not going to be revised, at least not for a long time. I felt pretty good about that one when it went out the door. I mean, <laughs> granted, yeah, yeah. that's probably just a product of time, right? Because I released that 12 months ago. Okay, um, okay. But uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, sort of a tangent, but it's like in 2017, I think I was 27 at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you as a, kid, as a kid, you just like, I don't know, I look back and I'm just like, I was such an idiot. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought it was like, I thought I wrote like the best thing of all time and it was hey, going to sell like hot cake, at that time, yo. you know? And then I look you back and I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I could have done better on this. But um, I think part of it is learning, growing, like you, you know, in order to write, it's like the, the book is a product of, of the writer. And yeah. it's like, if you haven't had those experiences and you exactly. don't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that, yep. So that's on my radar that I've been yes. working hard on that. And then, you know, just in terms of other stuff, right. It's like, as soon as I'm done with that revision, I'm going to get back to the blog posts. Okay. Um, cause, cause those are helpful for folks, right. Being able to churn mm -hmm. out content a little bit more frequently or regularly. Um, it's, it's obviously hard to, to push out a book every right. year, let alone every other year, especially course, with a full-time job. So it's right. like, right. I was just going to say you ain't a full-time author, so it's understandable. Yeah. Totally. But, but it, again, it's, it's back to the, the, the mission and the passion of wanting to help people. Nice. Right. So um, nice. there's that. And then just trying to do podcasts. And um, so I, I would say, you know, third book is, is on the radar, but, oh man, uh, I think I need to, after, especially after this revision, I need to step back and, and take, <laughs> step back for a little bit. It, yeah. I need to take a breather. Um, you know, I can, I can definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, kudos to you for, you know, keeping yourself paced and, you know, knowing what it is that you need to do to keep yourself, you know, mentally healthy. So kudos to you for that. Um, you know, I definitely, again, appreciate you being here so much. Um, like I said, we had some great convo today. Um, definitely in-depth and definitely the shit that I love to bring to my listeners because there's a lot of us that want to hear these type of conversations. So I'm definitely glad that you were able to share that with me today. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Keisha. And I would just say like, you know, I love the what you, the work that you're doing, right? It's like having real conversations. I mean, Absolutely. you can go on Instagram, you can go on TikTok and you can see all these people talking about this garbage and pretending like, you know, uh, there's no problems in the world. People don't that have problems part. in their own lives. That Come doesn't on. help, right? So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's a space for that. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's a space for this too. And this exactly. is what's more important as far as I'm concerned. So no doubt. I appreciate those kind words for real. Well, y'all know where y'all can find me at. I'm on all social media at Coach K-A-Y-W-D-S. Y'all make sure that y'all are signed up at UpgradedMindset.life. Y'all know y'all find all things over there. Um, looking to have some conversation about your growth, ladies. It's about to be the new year as it's being recorded so it's time for us to elevate so uh holla at your girl for some free conversation all right until next time y'all again brian thank you so much for being here and we will talk to y'all soon stay positive y'all